What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. How's it going? And to my left, Zachary Parks. Hello. And through the internets, we are joined by a fourth guest host this week, Andrew Mogan. Hey. hey! Yay! Glad to have you on the show. Oft referred to pre- in previous episodes as Bro Mogan because of his relation to our co-host. Mogan. So you can just continue to call him Bro. Mogan. Yeah, I don't think for the duration of this episode. Yeah, for the we'll duration of the episode, what he's it? cool with it. Look at Brogan? him; he's fine with it. Yeah, if you guys say Mogan, I might accidentally respond. <laughs> we, oh, we do it all the time works. when we're gaming because like, I know the few times friends, Friday, yeah. the few times I've played Overwatch with both of you, I always be like Mogan, and you're both like, "Yep." I'm yep. like, "God, no, <laughs> no, 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 no." That's not that's not like, who I was referring to. Call our house when we were kids and be like, "Hey, is Mogan there?" And we're like, "Which one?" It's a whole family of them. Yeah, I like Brogan. So, in case you did not know, Team Chat Podcast is a video game podcast where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. If you would like to get in contact with us in any way, send us a question, which, as I'm just now remembering that I should have had it pulled up, we do have an emailed in question oh, nice. from, our good, from, our good friend, uh, from our good friend Dylan. Oh, Rare it's treat. been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. And so podcast. he sent us an email just like you can by sending us an email by going <laughs> to teamchatpodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> Should you be lucky enough for us, for us to be? read them? Yeah, we're better than you. <laughs> he says, it, the subject is Skyrim. <gasps> Something I know Zach's about. Zach's favorite thing. Relevancy. <laughs> I've had a similar experience to Zach as I've been playing through the remastered Skyrim lately because I never played the DLC before either. In Whiterun, the Word. same town that Zach met the would-be dragon assa- dragonborn assassins that led him to Morrowind, I walked into town one day and there was a surprise pack of vampires attacking <gasps> the town. They are straight out of the Dawnguard DLC in which an ancient vampire fighting militia is reconstituted to fight off a renewed blood-sucking menace. These vampires killed some NPCs, including one, not two, but all three of the blacksmiths that live in the village. Oh, not only can I sell any weapons in, and armor in this town, but there is a little twinge of sorrow in the town that I've never had in the many playthroughs I've had before. Oh. Pretty cool Ouch. that a game can keep surprising you like that. That is cool. But that what gave a nasty away. surprise. I, I but, maybe that's, that. but maybe it's like... I know those blacksmiths. Oh, yeah? one. They yeah. Good, your you friends. I trade. I trade with them. And nice. now I know their inevitable doom. Maybe, but what if it's like a randomize, a random thing? It's maybe. like it's whoever yeah, the, maybe the vampires. He didn't, maybe he just. Maybe he, probably, just he probably yeah. did it wrong. Yeah, he, he probably had an a, opportunity to stake. Like that seems crazy that yeah. like the three blacksmiths would be targeted. Yeah, unless yeah. the vampires are trying to corner the local maybe blacksmithy so. trade. What's what's the crime when you like witness something but you don't uh, stop it? Bystanding? Yeah, bystander crime. I, I don't know. It's in the last episode of Seinfeld. That's Lazy that's how crime. I know, it. I know it via through entertainment, not the law. <laughs> so it's probably it's not even the law. Skewed. But outside of email, you can also <clears throat> like us on Facebook, subscribe, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can get the full Teen Chat experience. Now, I did also want to take a brief moment. This is normally when I bring up the spiel about Patreon. Mm. Wanted to bring up a little change that we're instituting into the Patreon perk system. How I've said it before, I keep feeling getting this weird feeling in my stomach every time I'd say it because I'd say, you know, for as little as $1 a month, you can support the show and we'll give you cool perks in return. Well, that was weird wording on my part and I felt bad because if you give us a dollar, you really you get our thanks and our appreciation, but nothing physical it's in return. <laughs> it is a perk, it's a perk, but not in the sense of like what a yeah, normal perk You're is. You're getting the podcast. So <laughs> period. We're changing, Which is worth we're changing it up a lot. because we want to change up how our, our reward tiers and our, and our perks work. $1 monthly, t- uh, the $1 tier will get you the audio version of the episode early. Uh. $5 tier will get you the audio and the video versions early, which I know, Bro Mogan, you watch the videos primarily. So yeah, 
cool oh, stuff. Right. Right. Cool, so some cool beans. Too. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Thank that is that. true. In fact, if you subscribe to the Patreon, we might even deign to let you on the show. It's a possibility. <laughs> oh, that's how yes. I got on here. <laughs> yes. Nepotism. Yes. It's pay, pay, <laughs> pay to play here at Team Chat Podcast. Pay to play. <laughs> These are called microtransactions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're scummy. So now, truthfully, for as little as $1 a month, if you can support the show, and in return, we will give you a cool perk, like getting each episode early before its general Tuesday release. So yeah, check this out, patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast. And then, finally, one little bit of introduction to get through, the song contest. Ooh, did anyone guess no it? No one has guessed it yet. Yeah, no one's I couldn't think that. of... Wait, it's, I, I don't know, know how anyone's going to guess it. It's Should a, I just say it then? Or what happens? Yeah, yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and talk about it because we're gonna. gonna say, I'm gonna put it at the beginning. It. Yeah. So, uh, so tell us about this song and where the hell you heard it from because I've never heard of it. before. This was a game on the Xbox 360 arcade. Okay. Which is actually now the more I think about it, I played a lot of 360 arcade games. Yeah, isn't that where you played that marble one? Yeah. yeah. Wow. What a, what a game. Rockstar's uh, table tennis. Well, okay, that's a full flag. I shoveled out fifty dollars for that game, sir. It's not an arcade game. Galaxy Wars, that was a great game. But yeah, this was Boom Boom Rocket. And much like Guitar Hero, you had to time the button mashing, not mashing, but the button hits with a line, you know, so these fireworks would shoot up with A, B, X, or Y. Oh, okay. And when they hit the line, they explode if you do it right. And that was one of the songs. And what was the song called? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Electric. Tra Sonata, I think. He made that up. No, no, I think something. I think you're right too. It's it sounded very similar to that because it was like a it was like a it was a mix of a of a classical song. It was. It was a good song though, right? It was regardless. Yeah, I liked it. Being such from a strange game. But yeah, I mean, the two songs that Zach has picked have been the hardest ones so far. That's because he treasures it. He treasures it when he gets an opportunity with our listeners that pick hard songs. No one plays Final Fantasy Nine. <laughs> I played Final Fantasy Nine. It's yeah, a great that's how he knew it. And how he was able to guess. So this yeah. actually works out really well that he's on the show today. Because true, Bro Mogan will be giving us the song and hint at the end of the episode. Ooh. So stick around for I'm that. Sure you can get this one, Zach. It's pretty easy. Oh, okay. Well, Mogan gave me <laughs> an alley oop. No. Yeah, I know. Yeah. it's not going to happen. Mogan don't, gave me ODST. Yeah, don't give it that. to him. Don't give it to I, him. I'm he sure got at least one of you three will know it like instantly. Ooh. Okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. We'll I, I could be wrong. Well, I really know it, bro. Will I? Uh, I didn't say you. Ugh. Yeah, you guys are like texting one, right so now. So he means Burn. me. Of course. I'll get it. Number yeah. one. That's you were number one. Yeah. <laughs> you I was were... number one. <laughs> <laughs> SpongeBob podcast. All right. So before we get into the topic of the show, we like to, whenever we have a guest on, we'd like to let them introduce themselves a little bit, tell us a bit about themselves, how they got into gaming, uh, you know, mm, brief bio, as it were. So, uh, so yeah. Okay, yeah. Hi, my name is Andrew Mogan. As they already said, I'm Rachel's brother, and I'm a second-year physics PhD student at University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Go Vols, I guess. I'm not a big football fan, but, you know, <laughs> obligatory. Vols. Volunteers. So I started gaming really when I was about six, maybe a little bit sooner than that. I just remember that when I was six, for Christmas that year, we got from Santa... A PlayStation 1, you know, the old, it's like... A good year. I, yeah. I, this wasn't, like, the original PS1, like, the tiny, tiny little one. This was, like, the 1998 version or whatever. Yeah. And we got Tekken 2, Crash Bandicoot, and Spyro the Dragon, which... Nice. Three wow. rock-solid games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tekken 2 has aged horribly, but the other two are still great, and I still, to this day, love fighting games and platformers, and, of course, I play all sorts of other games now. So, like, you know, I've 
had dozens of hobbies all throughout the years, but gaming is really the one that I've stuck with for pretty much the entire time. So since I was six, so 18 years, because I'm 24 now. You're so young. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Old now. (laughs) Nice. Very cool. Uh, And so then also, since you are the guest, you get to pick the topic. And so you gave us a few, and we did go with uh, boss battles. So kind of what direction were you looking for as far as, like, is it? Favorite ones, general opinions about boss battles, you know? You want to. Oh, any and all. Like, I, I wanted to stay nice and open ended so we could just talk about whatever. Like, I was kind of going to talk about uh, boss fights in the context of, like, a, a couple of different franchises and, like, just kind of compare and contrast a few of, like, the major ones. There was one in particular that I wanted to, like, definitely mention just because it's all over. Like, if you go to Google and you're like, best video game boss fights ever, there's one in particular that I know is, like, always on there. Oh, I wonder if it's the same one that I was tell- talking to you about before the show. Okay. What is yeah. it? Hit us with it. I'm curious to. So. Zach, you've played Metal Gear Solid Five, right? Oh, yes, yes. The, okay, I think you're right. So, yeah, I know where you're going with this. So and, yeah, so I haven't played Five, but I've played One through Four. Uh huh. And so the the boss fight of Metal Gear Solid is, of course, from the first Metal Gear Solid game, which is Psycho Mantis. Psycho Mantis. Yeah. I said Cyberpunk Man. <laughs> I, I forgot. His, I forgot his name. That's not even and so that's not it at all. I, so you not, it, not it, Cyberpunk. He's psychic. Yeah. So you having experience, direct experience. I've only heard the tales of what it's the like tale. to uh, fight this gentleman, but you having direct experience, it sounds like, can talk about exactly what happens when you fight this man. Yeah, so actually the first time I fought him, it was totally lost on me because, you know, Metal Gear Solid was a PS1 game, and I played it on my old, ancient, backwards-compatible PS3, which unfortunately crapped out recently, R.I.P. Finally died. That was our original. Yeah, when I played on the PS3, you know, the game wasn't designed to, like, read PS3 hardware, and, like, the whole, one of the gimmicks of the boss fight is, like, he reads your memory card and starts, like, commenting on it, so he's, ooh, psychic. And he was, like, just not able to read PS3 stuff. He was like, what? I can't read your mind. Ooh, he's, like, Russian or whatever, so he has a funny (laughs) accent. But then I got the GameCube remake recently of the first two Metal Gear Solid games. It's called Metal Gear Solid The Twin Snakes. And so I got the Psycho Manus boss fight. And Okay, this is a whole thing that I can ramble on and on about. So basically like, what happens is in Metal Gear Solid 1, you're you know, a solid snake. You have to infiltrate this base and foil a terrorist plot, right? And so your commanding officer is all like, there are all these scary terrorists. There are Sniper Wolf and Vulcan Raven and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and by the way, Psycho Mantis, he's psychic. And then he's like, oh, and also save my niece while you're there. And you're like, okay, cool. So you go in there and like, you eventually find his niece. Her name's Meryl, and she winds up coming back for later games. But anyway, so in the first game, you meet up with her, and you kind of start like backtracking through the base. And then you get to this big office. It's like the commander's office or something. It's like this big room with a bunch of fancy bookshelves and like a mahogany desk and a couple of like stone busts in the corners. And then Meryl starts acting kind of weird, and she out of nowhere like starts talking this really weird voice and she's like do you love me snake and you're like uh excuse me (laughs) like just out of nowhere and then she starts going like real like just throwing herself at snake and she's like make love to me on the table and you're like uh no this is weird (laughs) so um eventually what happens is you know you're facing toward meryl and you see this like shadowy figure kind of pop up behind her turns out it's psycho manis so he is a pretty slender guy. Uh, I want to say he's tall, but maybe he just looks tall because he's always floating off the ground because, you know, he's psychic. And he's, like, ghost pale. He wears, like, this leather... It almost kind of looks like a wetsuit, but it's not really a wetsuit. It's just like, this leather garb with, like, all these straps and chains and these long black sleeves. And, of course, to make him look even more horrifying, a gas mask. So yeah, he's of course, right. He, he reminds me of Valdo. 
from Soul Calibur. Yeah, kind of. Lot. He's got like the same kind of like slender pale yeah. deal with the mask on. So kind of like Valdo. Also from Soul a Calibur, real creeper. He speaks English, unlike Valdo. <laughs> and so, yeah, it turns out he's like mind controlling Meryl. And what he does is he starts like, he's like, here, have a demonstration of my psychic power. And so first, he reads your memory card to see how many times you've died and how many times you've gotten caught, like up to that point in the game. And if you're like me, it's a billion and twelve in both stats. So he just starts shit talking you. Like every time I, pl- I go up against him, he's like, "Ooh, I see you're a poor warrior." Ha ha ha! And I'm like, "Come on, man!" That's and hilarious. then, um, and then he starts reading like what games you like. So you know, I was on the GameCube. So like in the original PS1, he might say like, "Oh, you like Castlevania," but on mine, he was like, "I see you like the Legend of Zelda and Super Smash Brothers." And I was like, "How did you know?" <laughs> And then the really funny thing is, like, what will happen is he'll be like, okay, now I'll show you my telekinetic powers. Lay your controller flat on the ground. And so you lay it down. He's like, yes, just like that. And you're like, oh, man, he does know. <laughs> so you just you lay it down. And he's like, ha-ha. And he like, does all these crazy gestures on the screen. And then your controller just starts vibrating. And you're like, oh, my God, he's moving it with his mind. <laughs> it's just so funny because, like, you know, this was a game that was really made in, like, 1998. And it just really showed off how, like, wacky and crazy Hideo Kojima is with all of his game design choices. And then, like, so he does all that, and he's like, okay, demonstration over, now we fight. And the first thing that happens in the fight is, like, okay, 1998, you're on an old, like, crappy CRT uh, television, right? And so the first thing that happens, screen goes black, and in the top corner you see these green letters that say Hideo which if that's spelled H-I-D-E-O. So like if you're not expecting it, you're just like, oh, I'm back on the video channel. Because you know, back on the old TVs to get to your, your game channel, it wasn't HDMI. It was just called like right. video or AV right. or something. Right. So you're kind of like, oh, my, my thing crap. Wait a second, that says Hideo, not video. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's just like part of the fight. And finally it starts up and you start like trying to shoot him. And he's like mind controlling Meryl this whole time. And he's like trying to make her shoot you. And so you're trying to knock her out without killing her. And then you're trying to shoot him. But then you can't hit him. And he's just like, ha, 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 I read your mind. And then I don't know exactly like how it's supposed to trigger, but I know that usually for me it's after the first time I die. Then you'll like respawn, restart the fight, and then Colonel Campbell, your commanding officer, comes on your codec radio thing. He's like, Snake, I've got it. Try, and then like shameless fourth wall break. Try plugging your controller into port two. And you're like, <laughs> what? And so it turns out... That's the whole thing is like he's reading your mind by reading your controller inputs. So on the PS1, you plug in port 2. On the GameCube, you have to plug it all the way into port 4. And then you can just hit him because he can't read your mind anymore. And like every time you hit him, he's just like, why can't I read you? Oh, no. <laughs> and then suppose, so you can beat him that way. Supposedly, I actually tried this last time and I couldn't get it to work. But supposedly, you know, I mentioned there were like stone busts in the room. And I think they're supposed to be of Psycho Mantis. But they have like these straps on and a mask that kind of looks like his. Mm-hmm. Supposedly if you can shoot the straps off and get the mask to fall and, like, reveal the face, then it, he, like, sees his face, and he's like, oh, no, and then he, like, gets distracted and you can kill him or something. I couldn't get it to work. I tried shooting those things for, like, a solid five minutes, and I was probably just doing it wrong. It's a very Oscar Wilde type but then, of But then that's deal. not even, like, the end of it, though. It just gets even cooler, because, like, when you finally kill him, you know, the Metal Gear Solid games are all, like crazy dialogue heavy like every cutscene is like 20 mm, minutes long right. the ending cutscene to Metal Gear Solid 4 is an hour and 20 minutes long or something God, is that it's true? crazy Holy crap. what I didn't know yeah. that Jesus which one is that Guns of Patriots which one is for yeah yeah wow yeah, Guns is that of Patriots, old the last cutscene because it's like 40 minutes of you know closing things 
then the credits, and then huge plot twist. That's like another 20-minute cutscene. Oh. Like it goes on forever. Wow. Anyway, so you kill Mantis, and as he's dying, he goes into like this long soliloquy about how like the first time he ever read someone's mind was his father, and like he was like, I could see that my father hated me because like his mom died during childbirth, and his father never forgave him, and he was like, I thought my dad was gonna kill me, so I burned my whole village down. And you're like, oh, as a child. Like, he, yeah, so he's going in like this really. And you actually like start to feel kind of bad for him because like he takes his mask off as he's dying, and you can see his face is all like scarred, screwed up, and he mm. just looks really pathetic. So yeah, it's actually it's like you know it's so fun, and you're like this is so crazy, and then you kill him, and you're like oh, so it's just crazy <laughs> emotional roller coaster. It's it sounds the effective. fight itself. It sounds effective. The that yeah, whole it, scene. Yeah, it's very like yeah, those, those games pack a punch like emotionally. Just I mean they're a little over the top, but it's yeah. still like. Especially for 1998, it was a big thing. Yeah, and to be able to, and that's what I think. I guess why it would top all the boss battle hit yeah, lists well, is because you hear stuff like that, for, especially for that PlayStation One game, like the, 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 that amount of. It's very creative. Yeah, yeah, in depth. Of the words escape me, but yeah, yeah. the amount of the, uh, creativity that exactly yeah, that yeah. went into like having it interact with the controller, which is definitely not a thing. Like, did they even have the original? Did the original PS One have Rumble? It did. It did. I yeah, probably. Did it? Oh. I don't know if it did. Oh, did they not? It might not have. Because the, the original oh. PS1 controllers didn't even have the analog sticks. It was just the Oh, the no, okay. I'm oh, thinking really? of ours That was like JK. the very original. That was like the 96 or 94. Yeah, yeah never mind. I'm thinking yeah. of the later version. So, yeah. So, yeah. that's pretty crazy that they were that inventive about being able to read the memory card and then be able to put that, you know, all that stuff in and then also interact with the controller. It's just a really, like, random way to go about having a boss fight. Sure. I, I love yeah. that they would have taken that much time to record all those different voice options. I was just about to yeah. say that. That's crazy. Yeah. A lot of, you had to yeah. really look at that one because what if somebody's playing like some random ass game and that they then uh, apparently redid it for the gamecube version right yeah Yeah, so they're different games so like you know he'll say like zelda like for me it was zelda and smash bros because uh i don't really have a whole lot of data on my gamecube now because i got a new one recently he didn't mention Kirby Air Ride, which was a little upsetting. Oh, I was like, Come on, that's a great that's game. The greatest game ever. Maybe it just like picks the top three or something like that of the three most recently played, but I don't know. I know. But that's still pretty that's pretty well, cool. With age and considering how long ago this was, I'm sure it comes off as a little bit gimmicky now than when it maybe oh, I'm sure originally it does now. did. However, I'm still very much a fan of this idea. And I oh, think yeah. it could and like I know we were talking about it, sort of laughing about it, but everything that you said, I was like, that's awesome. No, that's it awesome. sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this, that's one of the, it's not necessarily with a boss fight per se, but that's one of the reasons why I loved uh, Until Dawn so much. Yeah, is because it had so much interactivity with the controller. Was you know it had moments where it was like don't move and you had to hold the controller. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. And which was normally very hard to do because you know your hands still have a slight little shake to them. Got the shakes. If you're like me, yeah. you've only had the one cup of coffee. <laughs> That's right. So it's so uh, you know. So yeah, don't play this game early in the morning. No. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So you just but you and then you're tense because you don't want a character to die and it's very stressful. But yeah, but it's all about like holding it and it seems to go on forever. So again, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a boss thing, but still a great implementation. That, that kind of like hardware interactivity yeah. is right. really interesting it concept. Is. And, and, and there there should be more of that. There should oh, be because I really don't think I've ever played a game that really broke the fourth wall in such a way. That that Psycho Mantis does. I mean, I don't. I, I'm plugging a controller, and having to plug it into a different port. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Like now, I tell you it's what all wireless. Me so. is when it switches to the video component, it says Hideo, and you don't notice 
first of all. And I'd be like, oh, my, did it just turn off? Like, I, I am so gullible and such a sucker for that stuff. I would have been like, oh, like, let me just unplug the system. And then like, oh, wait a minute. You know? Like, I, I, no. Yes, I would have been. I would have. I know. I would have remembered the last second. Like five seconds. <laughs> so, yeah. I, mean, enough I think it's great. Not enough to throw me off. Definitely. I, w- I would have been very thrown off for sure. Because, again, just real quick, that comes, this is before really you go online to look at certain secrets or certain yep. gameplay yeah. walkthroughs, anything like that. So this, I think, even more effective the fact that it's you alone with the game and you really yeah. don't have any sort of outside information about what's happening or what could happen, anything like that. Right. Which is a beauty that has been lost in video games. I'm, I'm kind of bummed that so many games... That's another conversation. <laughs> no, let's bond it. Let's bond it. That sounds fun. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you have to like, intentionally black yourself out with games that you don't want to know about. You do. Like, you have to yeah. make yeah. a point of like... Anytime yeah. somebody brings it up, you're like, no, 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 don't tell me and like right. just never Google that's it. That's true. But yeah. like, yeah, it's a whole See, I'm, I mean, this is probably dangerous putting this out there, but like the, the game for me that's like that is Mass Effect 3. Because I know like the ending of it is oh, so crazy oh, oh. or so divisive among right. gamers or fans of, of Mass Effect. Like, I, I don't want to know what it is, but every oh, time I hear yeah. Mass Effect being brought up, which now it's being brought up more and more because of Mass Effect Andromeda. No! Every time I hear it on a podcast or anything, nope, yep. mute, please. <laughs> Because I don't want that. I don't want that spoiled. Of course, it's going to take me forever until yeah, I get to Mass Effect Three. The first one, right? So I mean, if it, I, yeah, I haven't started the series, <laughs> I so I mean, I would love it in a perfect world to go spoiler free. But I know the possibility of that is very yeah. unlikely. Yeah, sure, well, sure. with that attitude, come on, you gotta, <laughs> yeah. you gotta be strong. Yourself steal up. yourself. Go for the gold. Back to sauces. Back to, uh, uh, I made that joke way too many times. Meta joke. <laughs> Didn't work. Damn it. Because you told it three times before we started recording, and yes, now we're recording. My joke it. was, I oh, just bosses, I thought we were doing favorite sauces. <laughs> yeah, no, which, ah, it's still funny, right? Marinara. <laughs> Andrew had heard it, so yeah. he laughed. There we go. He ranch. I have my, it's ranch, buffalo, <laughs> honey mustard. Barbecue's <laughs> always in my top five. Oh, bosses. <laughs> um, so this is something that Zach and I were kind of talking about earlier before we started recording, is that how we don't necessarily feel, like we were talking about this, and one, one boss that always stands out to me as a big one is the boss that you fight at the end of Dark Forces, the Star Wars Dark Forces, the first-person shooter game from do you know this one nope never heard of it all right (laughs) check it out sometime you can buy it on uh the on a ps as a ps1 classic on uh on playstation another ps1 era game but it's uh it is i think it was 98 96 somewhere in there uh but anyway you fight at the very end you fight the uh General Mock, who is in charge of the Dark Trooper project. I won't go into all the backstory of what that is. <laughs> Thank God. Because Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. You people don't know Star Wars. Which we won't appreciate it. <laughs> but you have to fight him at the very end. And this was probably the first game that I can think of playing that I actually had bosses. That like I play, Well, A, that I played through to completion enough to where I actually got to hit the final boss oh. at this time of at that, at that time in my life. But he was a really great one. I just remember because it was, it did a really good job of you run into these other dark trooper prototype soldiers in the game. And where like one has a sword, one has uh, just a, a bigger weapon, but then he was in like the phase three outfit of the dark trooper suit. And it had like a rocket launcher, a shotgun style gun. It was just, you had faced a lot of different enemies all at once before, but you never faced one who had everything basically was the the whole thing about him. So I remember it took me a long time to be able to beat him, but I, so that one obviously first came to my mind when we were thinking about boss battles. But after that, (laughs) I was like, what else? Like, yeah. I, because there's obviously the, the obvious ones, Bowser, uh, 
all the multitudes of Mario. Dr. Um, Robot, or what is his name? Robotnik from Robotnik, Sonic, yeah. yeah. There's, there's always those ones that come up, with which everyone knows what those are. So, spoiler alert, we're probably not going to be like, oh, my favorite one's Bowser. But, <laughs> Man, I mean, that was going to be my favorite guy. I mean, it could be, but I mean, you know, it's just still. Uh, but, so then, but then I was thinking about it, I was like, I don't really know of many others because oh, I feel man. like I don't play the type of game that, that has them. I was going to say that is because you are missing out on an entire genre. Yeah, the which, JRP. Which is, what we, which is why which when we were talking about this, I was like, oh, the Mogans oh, will be able to go yeah, crazy. Yeah, I, so long, I was like, oh man, how myself, many like, per game? What is this? Disc one, two, three, four, right. five. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so like what Zach and I were talking about is like how we like games more where the boss fights are seem more incorporated into the story oh. than like you're entering so poo-poo <laughs> theatrical boss where where yeah where it is more of this like you enter the stage the music changes and you know you fight him and all that kind of stuff i don't <laughs> that know that sounds so boring yeah, i know but that's like but the, in my head when you say a boss fight oh, that's immediately man. what i go into so then we were thinking about it more of different and we were laughing about halo for example and i was like oh like Halo doesn't have bosses. Halo's a story-driven, and it's just, you know, it's weaved perfectly. But then when unlike you really, JRPGs. Uh, yeah, unlike JRPGs suck. that are confusing. <laughs> no, because your brain is so small <laughs> so from all the no, Halo. I don't know how to say any of their names. Halo brainwashing. <laughs> uh, but, but then we realized that Halo does have bosses, in fact, and they're just sort of... You like, just missed them all these years? You just sort of they're, don't You just realize. come across them. But it, they it's do not... have, like, for Halo 3, for example, the first time you fight a Scarab. Yeah. That's like a boss fight. Everything kind of goes dark you defeat a bunch of enemies and then this big you know rumbling sound mechanical uh, like yeah. walking tank and it comes basically. over the bridge and you have this whole scene where you have to fight it and same with halo 2 at the end you fight a brute i mean in halo 4 at the end of halo 4 you die there, yeah there's a boss so so there are bosses there are bosses but we it just play them it doesn't when i think about bosses in like a traditional sense you know a lot of my picks came or a lot of my things that i was thinking about was from Star Fox, for example Star Fox, oh, i yeah. thought had a really great like you know 12 great bosses that you get up to all the way up to um, Andros, and that's the amount minimum a game should have. Oh yeah, it should have that many bosses at least. A baker's dozen, and if you don't have that many, you're not doing something right. There should be a whole army of them. Well, I will say bosses in that sort of more traditional end of level. This now you can progress to next level is something that triggers something nostalgic, and it is. A very pure essence of a video game. You yeah. know, it's like oh, like the it's video a game boss. boss is iconic. It's a guy. Like, yeah, that's, that's where right. that word comes right. from. Right, it's never been like, in any other sort of no. realm. From like of when Mario had to run up the ladders to stomp on Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong, Kong yeah. yeah, it's like a boss. The original boss. The original yeah. boss. I'm not sure if that's true. Don't that quote me on be. that. It's probably not true. Probably not. So, Bro, like, you're, when you're talking about bosses being like an end of level thing. How do you feel about like boss run games where it's like all just boss, 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 like Shadow yeah, of the Colossus, yeah, think- Fury and stuff like that? See, that's what I was thinking because I made the joke to Zach earlier uh, too. Well, I was just like, oh, I mean, we could talk about the Dark Souls, but literally every enemy in that game is a boss. It's a boss, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, you can't take any of them for granted. Any enemy nope. in that game could, could end your life and your run Not even in one. a second. Well, let me ask in Shadow of the Colossus, for example, a game I've never played, is every, every enemy you come across boss-esque? Oh, yeah. yeah. They, never they are bosses. Does they one are bosses. outshine the other to be a bigger boss than the other? Oh, like, well, see, the whole yeah, the point, final that's, one, a, that's a bad example. Yeah, okay. <laughs> because the entire point of Shadow of the Colossus is that 
all of the bosses are the biggest and the baddest okay. thing you've faced so far. Uh, okay. So they do scale up, and okay. the final but one, like Bro they, says, even the, the first one massive. feels like a boss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, okay. I think um, the very first boss that you fight in Shadow of the Colossus has a ton of just emotional impact because. It, it, it's the first of many, but it's so awe and fear inspiring when you first start it's to huge. go up against this huge giant stone beast, and you're just like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die!" You're a puny little yeah. dude. Because like, like, awesome. in this in this game, you have to you climb the legs, oh, yeah. right? Like you're this, and they're yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge. They're so huge, you have to like physically climb them to even fight them at all, and that happens throughout the entire game. Mm. So that's a very interesting example, but it's kind of its own standalone thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So obviously we just got to get into JRPGs. Yeah. So yeah, give me a good example. JRPGs. If you try to sell me on a good boss. Outside of Legend of Dragoon. My favorite brother (laughs) will surely be able to back me up on this one. So probably not even bosses in general, but one of the subclasses of bosses that is one of my favorite things about JRPGs, and some Western RPGs will kind of do it too, is the optional super boss. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's such a JRPG thing. That's such a JRPG (laughs) thing. So the optional super boss is this recurring thing. Really, you could probably find them in the vast majority of JRPGs. Any turn-based battle system where you have a big open world and a crazy backstory and three plus discs, you're gonna have an optional super boss. So the whole point of the optional super boss is... It's a thing that you could miss every time. You could play the game a thousand times and never technically fight the boss if you didn't want to. They also almost always have 80 billion million health. You're going to be there all freaking night trying to fight these things, and they can insta-kill you with every hmm. single hit. Like, they can always insta-kill you. It's a struggle just to hang on to life. Right. And you have to use everything you've got and so much of your precious brain power that you're running so low on by the end of the battle. And so some of the best ones that I can think of would be um, Faust from The Legend of Dragoon. I was just about An to say that. excellent yeah. because, like, super when you first boss. Find him, you can't even damage him. No, like, you can't. You can actually find him in, like, disc three out of four. And if you just go straight to him, he's like, leave this place. And you're like, you know everyone's dead around here, right? Because he's like guarding some ancient ruins that have been abandoned for like a bajillion years. And you're like, uh, nothing's here. He's like, what nonsense? I am blah, blah, blah. He was like the old like wingly. He was the high um, priest, wasn't he? Yeah, he was like a general of this ancient yeah. race. And so, he's yeah, you just walk him, like, ghost, you can't even hit him. Alive. Turns out hmm. you have to run around the game and collect all 50 stardust, which are insanely hard to find. And so, then that gives you a vanishing stone, which then makes what turns out to be the apparition of Faust disappear. And then you go down this whole other like pu- warp puzzle level, and then you get to fight the real guy. And then he kills you anyway. And then he kills. So, so <laughs> actually, he brings up a very good point. Usually, the super boss, it's not just that you can miss them; it's that they're really freaking hard to get to in the first place. Right. It's yeah. a fight mm. just to get to the super boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, another good example would be Golden Sun, that really old Game Boy game. Yeah. Bro, did you play Golden Sun? I I played a little bit when I was pretty little, and it was lost on me at the time. Yeah, you, so I need to replay it. Someday. You missed out. So so Golden <laughs> you Sun. Done yeah, you done missed out. You done missed out. Yeah, silence. <laughs> so Golden Sun had an optional super boss, which, in terms of difficulty, very low, like on the list of most difficult super bosses ever. But it was such a good setup to the super boss because, in the first place, you get on the ship to the middle of nowhere to like a fictional island. 
And then you actually wind up finding the island, which is Crossbone Isle. Ooh. Oh, it's like a pirate hideout. And you're like, oh, Yark. my gosh. <laughs> <Yark>. <laughs> you like pirates, too. Don't yeah. even pretend. Pirate Robot Island. All right, go ahead. So the entire sequence is you're fighting your way down the subsequent levels of a dungeon. And all of the monsters are really, really hard. They all have high HP. They all, have, they all do so much damage. There's like five of them in every battle, which sheer numbers is really difficult to deal with when it's a turn base battle system mm-hmm. and then every level you're just collecting more and more awesome treasure so it's like oh my god i'm so glad i came to this stupid island and then you get to the very bottom of this dungeon almost like a funnel shape kind of in your head and there's an underground lake and you're just like oh this can't be good we were already sea in beasts. we were already in the ocean. Now we're in this underground lake, and I don't <laughs> like this at all. And then there's another ship, and you're like, oh no, no, I don't like this either. But of course, you're you and your crew. You have to board the ship, and you get on, and like there's nobody on it. And you're like, okay, so you're just kind of walking around, and unlike every other boss in the game, this super boss has no overworld sprite. So, like, you know, in the really old game, really old Game Boy games, uh, they were all pixelated. And obviously in the overworld, when you aren't, weren't in battle, there would be sprites of everything. There's no sprite. The game just kind of cuts to black. There's this screeching noise. And then you're in the battle and you're like, no, I wasn't ready. Like, you don't even really do anything to trigger it other than walk into the region. And you can't tell just by looking at it. Mm. And then it's this giant skeletal armor clad ghost pirate who's like nice try sucker you're not getting all of my gold but he doesn't talk Mm -hmm. and then of course he tries to murder you of course so it's not difficult but it's a very fun and engaging example of a super boss because he is pretty pretty hard you can pretty much take him out in a couple of tries if you really stack your deck Mm -hmm. in your favor but once you beat him you get like a piece of armor it's not that great but here's the thing that i really love about it this game already had a sequel to it planned out. So they knew they were going to be making a Golden Sun 2. And in the Game Boy, you could transfer data from one game to the oh, next nice. through like a code mm. at the end of the game. Okay. So if you've beaten uh, Deadbeard, his name was Deadbeard. Dead. <laughs> now that I think about it, it really was. So the optional <laughs> pirate ghost Deadbeard. super boss's name is Deadbeard. If you beat Deadbeard and then finish the rest of the game and get Golden Sun 2 and port your data over eventually you just get this neat little cutscene at the very, it's not even at the end, it's just randomly at one point, some rando pirates come through and they're looking for the crew that you had in the first game. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, oh man, we've heard about this guy. His name is Isaac. Him and his crew, they beat the pirate wow, king. And now cool. we're pretty sure that he's our boss. So like, have you seen him? <laughs> and you're like, I think you went that way. And they're like, sweet, that's our new boss. So like, they're chasing that's after the neat. people you were in the yeah. last game. And you're just like, oh, I'm famous. Yeah, yeah, I did all that cool. work for something. That's really cool. So you don't really like get anything out of it other than fame and glory to last the I was going to say, like, the cutscene is just a cutscene. It doesn't yeah, lead to no, any other doesn't lead to anything. You just get this cool little cutscene and the knowledge that your old guys now have pirates at their command. Mm-hmm. For that's all immersion. Eternity. That and helps like, with the yes. immersion level. So that's a prime example of excellent super boss cross game functionality. I like nice. that. That's really interesting. Something you were talking about how hard that, or, or um, Andrew was talking about going down to just find that one boss is something that I will, I think is. Uh, 
one of the more positive sort of aspects of bosses is in that modern games I think are shying away from and they're becoming a much more cinematic experience and less of you fighting against the game, more of you kind of going with the game is uh in it's that's something I'm I've sort of missed as of recent is the 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 real sense of achievement in games. And I think exactly. that's something you don't get as much in, and I'll say even games like Halo that I love, it's like you're supposed to win from the get go. Exactly. And with bosses yeah. Like and I just think about Metal Gear Solid Five. There's um, Solanthropist is this huge robot that you have to fight many times. They get stronger and stronger. Or there's like the, the Fireman, who's at, who's in like every Metal Gear game, is isn't he? Like the guy that's on Man on Fire, is that right? I thought he was. Oh, you would fire. know. I wouldn't. I've only played five. I was told <laughs> is that, that the cousin of Cyberpunk well, five Soldier, is a prequel, right? So yeah. chronologically, five comes before one. Like it's okay. way back in like the seventies, whereas one is supposed to take place in like the two thousands or so. Man, I wish we could show Android image, but it's basically this man that's on fire. And I mean, but, you but could look with, it up and yeah, but with, look, but with it, oh look, there's you. See a black screen. That's you. I see my reflection. Um, basically, I mean, this is kind of off the point, but but he also has like a, a guy that's in a also in a gas mask and he can float. And I wonder if that's supposed to be some sort of uh, rendition of okay. There's something like that in Metal Gear Solid Three, but I don't yeah. think it's like a recurring thing. Okay, well, regardless, this is a boss that you fight several times in Metal Gear, and the amount of achievement that you really, the sense of achievement that you get. Yeah, can you see that guy? Kinda. Nope, that is no. brand new. Unless I just have a even worse memory than I suspect, <laughs> I've never okay, seen that. That's, well, that's the man cool, on fire. Yeah. Really cool, and he's one of the bosses that you fight, and it's really. You know, I'd be scared of that guy. And basically, yeah. just as a quick brief, the first time you fight him, or maybe it's not—it's not the first time you see him, but the first time you have a real interaction with him on the ground is. Uh, you're sniping them, you're shooting them, and nothing's working. And that idea of this puzzle, like, how do I kill this thing? And then you start to realize that there's a water tower over there. There's a Jeep over there. And you have to, like, take the Jeep and ram it into the water tower when he's in the right place. I mean, it's crazy hard to figure out. And so that sort of excitement, it's hard to find in games without real puzzles that are that that a good yes. boss can be right it really it really and i totally agree that in more modern games unless you're unless you're still in the jrpg like genre like i do with bravely default you don't find many no. if any formal bosses like i we, like we would know them from mm-hmm. the past and i agree that i actually hate that i hate the lack of bosses uh-huh. in a lot of modern games i'm like where are they I need I need to feel the sense of accomplishment. Like I like that it feels flowing and I like the streaming process on the one hand. And on the other hand, it feels like I don't know, it just feels like you're not overcoming as many obstacles as you should be. It's like, yeah, I fought all those waves of little guys, but So what's a game that? so a modern game that had bosses, like an actual like old old style like short like intro to the boss and then you fight the boss that I did not expect at all to have it titanfall 2 oh, really yeah i didn't even know it had a campaign it does well that was the big thing titanfall 1 didn't oh titanfall that's 2 pretty did awesome. that was like the biggest the biggest drawback yeah you will you'll go through the level and not every level has one but you'll go through and there's like a mercenary force that was hired by the big bads and each one of and there's an iconic character they're like five yeah i think five uh and they will uh, confront you a different one will confront you at the end like the first one is Kane and then I think is Ash uh, anyway for about five of them but and yeah and you have to fight them at Titan to Titan oh 
do that yeah, stuff? Yeah, are I they like, like tricky? Lot. Are they like? Do they all have? You know, when I think of a boss, they have like a move that's like. Well, yeah, well, they're all in different titans. Okay, so they so all have they're the different classes of titans. Uh, the first one, Kane, I'm pretty sure is just the normal Ion class titan. Yeah. It, you know, uh, standard one. Everybody starts with that, uh, and then Ash is in a Ronin, which is a sword. It has a shot, like a shotgun. Weapon and then it, when it gets up close, it has a sword. It's really skinny. I've seen yeah, play that really one. Sword. I'm like, look at that really skinny. skinny little yeah, robot. It's so cool thing. though. The Ronin is my favorite <laughs> by far. Uh, and then, yeah. Oh, but so so this is the fun thing. So the interesting thing: the last boss in that game, the the last one that you fight, I did not think was the hardest one. No, that's, that's, that's a big kind of, problem in modern games. That's something <laughs> that I wanted to kind of bring up because you know what other franchise is really really guilty of that. In at least more than one instance that I can think of, mm-hmm. what the Legend of Zelda, the earlier yeah. bosses have, being tougher yeah, than the final. I have played many, many games where earlier just ran any any boss, any mm-hmm. of them. It could be a dungeon, it could be a mini boss. I have had many times throughout multiple games of the series where the final boss piece of cake. Yeah, no, yeah. Actually, I just beat Twilight Princess, uh, the HD remaster. I think like last night or the night before. Oh, cool. And yeah, the Ganon fight is not. It's I mean, nothing. it's cool. Like it's pretty fun, but it's not hard at all. It's hmm. not hard. And, and that's oh sorry. Go oh, no. go go after. May I take your head, no. sir? Oh sorry. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Speak over you. Sorry. Like a I, I apologize. <laughs> no, excuse um, me, sir. Excuse me. Um, but no. So, but but yeah. So the last, uh, the last boss in Titanfall two, other Titans would come to her aid and all this. And so, you, you know, there was situations where it'd be three Titans on one, or then even some smaller troops would come in too, but those are more annoyances than actually doing anything to hurt your Titan. Uh, but the one before it, uh, Viper was that, that boss. Oh, we need the camera real quick. Uh, that one was by far the hardest one. Although, uh, because he, uh, Viper is an airborne Titan, so he's flying around. Oh. Whereas all other Titans that you've really fought have been ground based. There are a couple supers, which like the Titan will launch in the air and like unleash a barrage of missiles. Oh. But that's pretty much the only air. So to have one suddenly be in the air, I was just like, oh my God, mm. what is happening? And that one took me forever. And you finally beat it though. Yeah. I and did. it feels good. I beat the game and it felt great. Yeah. But, <laughs> then, but then at the same time, it was just like the final boss, which I thought there was going to be one more boss, but then it turned out there wasn't. And when I got that one, and maybe that's why I didn't feel like it was hard because I yeah. was expecting another confrontation. Yeah, that could be. So, uh, but yeah, so that without getting too much into spoilers of the game, since it's relatively new. But uh, but yeah, so that one uh, definitely, I was just like, oh, that kind of that kind of. Hmm. Now I don't. I'm not sure if this would apply to Titanfall, but at least in a few instances of a couple of different games, a lot of Nintendo ones, like Metroid Prime, did this too, and The Legend of Zelda almost always does it. There's kind of the setup to the boss fight wherein you often have the type of battle where you're meant to use everything in your arsenal that you've gotten through that point. So it'll like shift through different stages or you'll be in different worlds. Then you have to use this weapon and then the boss will change strategies and you have to use this one instead. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of... Yeah, Metroid Prime does that a lot. Yeah, Metroid Prime did it in every... all of them. Yeah. I remember Twilight Princess yeah. doing it as well. Oh, yeah, a Twilight few times. Princess did it. They even kind of did it with the Zant battle, too. Mm-hmm. So it's Yeah, the definitely... Zant battle makes you cycle through, like, every. Yeah. Because, like, uh-huh. he always, like, changes the background. Yeah. So he'll be like, ooh, spooky magic. And then you're back in the forest temple, and you have to use your boomerang to knock him down. Mm-hmm. And then, like, ooh, spooky magic. And now you're back in the fire temple, and you have to use your, your iron boots to, like, magnetize to the floor. Yeah. So he goes through, like, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that as a function because 
in like through storytelling. It it's does, a story. It's, yeah, it's a great it, it mechanic in storytelling. Like everything that you've yeah, done like up life. until then, collecting sure. all of this crap, was for a purpose. Sure, and the sure. purpose is right. to beat that guy. Yeah. And, 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 and that's it, it. it's simple on the surface, yeah. but it is very effective in it, making you feel yes. like you're uh, learning. It makes you feel like, oh, and you're yes. using it to, you know, to So actually, one of people. my biggest complaints about boss battles then would be the final incarnation of Ganondorf demise that you fight at the very end of Skyward Sword. Spoiler, Jared, cover yours. No! That you fight at the end of Skyward Sword. The only thing you use against him, which is kind of artistic and also kind of boring, is your sword. Hmm. You only yeah, use your of, sword and shield. Of, that's cool. But it gets very repetitive. Oh, it's, it's bad. Yeah. So I understand why they did it from a storytelling perspective. Yeah. I totally get it. But the fight itself, very underwhelming, repetitive. Kind of boring. It's a bummer. Yeah. The fight before him, where you basically beat his minion, uh, Gearheim, was mm-hmm. much more interesting. Yeah. So it's just this dynamic of the final boss can occasionally be a letdown well, compared to others you fought up until then. And speaking of boring bosses, I think a lot of modern shooters are really guilty of this as well. And You, you, you hear the term bullet sponge a lot. Yeah, and that's yeah. how The Division was. The Division's like that? I think Destiny's I've heard Destiny's like, like that. that. Yeah. Destiny can be like that too, yeah. Destiny is like that, and it's a bummer. Did Destiny coin the term bullet sponge? I don't know where bullet I heard sponge the term was. coming up a lot more after Destiny and Division. I mean, it's, 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 you almost can't even call them bosses. They look like bosses, and they act like bosses. Like, they'll kill you fast. <laughs> they'll kill you fast. They're big. Like, I'm thinking of that in Destiny, for example, one of the first bosses is this chained goblin that's big and it's got chains. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has, like, three bars of health or whatever and you take one down, two down, three down. And it has no real... I mean, it has some And there'll sort be, like, of swarms of other sure, enemies that, that to come along. But exactly. But there's no real it doesn't, strategy. It doesn't have, like, a... It, does, it, doesn't it doesn't have, have like a, a button on the back. It doesn't have any sort of weak spot. It just oh, you're sh- just shooting. Oh, that's, that's why, well, so that's, boring. That's like that, that ogre one. It had like its head was Maybe obviously its, head, it's, it's uh, it would bit, do more damage yeah. if you shot it in the head. But, but for the really, most part, you yeah, shoot, 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 reload, shoot, 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 reload. And Kill some other guys so you can pick up yeah, more ammo. Exactly. Shoot, shoot, shoot. And that's yeah. you know always. I always come back to Destiny's big complaint about a game that is infused with a first person shooter and magical elements. You'd think they would have a lot of interesting ways to incorporate. A boss, and for you to use your whole arsenal of powers, but it just it, at the end of the day, you're just shooting things a lot. And the division's like that too. And the division doesn't have no. The division does have bosses. Yeah, it does. It does. It has like the the fireman, for example. Yeah. I remember him. He was this like guy that has like two flamethrowers. The cleansers. The cleansers. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Joe Fry or something like that. Was yeah, his name. Because it's all just like these normal people who suddenly like this city's gone to shit. Right. And now and I'm they a just warlord. Turn on, yeah, they just turn on this thing that they <laughs> I guess have had the whole time to be a I crazy guess. person. <laughs> I was a banker before, yeah, but, but <laughs> thank God for this. Right. Yeah. Wall Street cl- crashed, and they like know how to use two flamethrowers. But uh, him, for example, I remember fighting, which was fun. Like I did have fun. Yeah. But you I died a lot. Fighting. I died a lot. But you just shoot, 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 and you don't shoot his, have... Shoot his air tanks, and that yeah. explode and hurts uh-huh. him. So it's like he has minor weaknesses, but yeah, yeah for the most part, you're just throwing ammunition You're just, him. yeah, uh, like an unbelievable amount. Yeah. I mean, the amount of ammunition. That's how I and felt like... boring at the end of the and day. Yeah, and that's how I felt about the end boss of the division. Did you ever get that uh, far? I don't know. So, <laughs> Wait, uh, I don't know. The main general who leads the LMB... Last Man Brigade or something? The NBA? No. <laughs> the the WNBA? No, not that. But anyway, his boss fight, you, you see this guy, you hear him, you know you know what he looks like, but then his boss fight, he's, he's up in a helicopter that you have to fight. Okay, I don't know. And then it's legitimately just, 
you shoot guys on the ground who are coming, then you look yeah. up and just unload into this helicopter and yeah. repeat, repeat, repeat until he's finally done. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. it was just, pretty, it was pretty boring. First person shooters have a tough time of being, having bosses. They, Which they, I think Titanfall did a really good job yeah, with it. Sounds, like, it was yeah. cool that they even had that. Like, ti- the I campaign the of Titanfall Titan 2. the mechanic, though, helps with that it does. a lot. It does. Yeah. And Titan, Titanfall 2 was, I mean, I'll say it again. It's great. You guys yeah, should go yeah, play yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and so, so that one, to me, just really stuck out. Um, what you were talking about of how you use all your resources and all your things, uh, The Last of Us actually has a, a, a level like that. Bro loves The Last of Us. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like which one you could be talking about. The bus um, depot tunnel. It's been a while, so. The, the bus depot tunnel right before you get to the hospital. Where you have to go underground. Uh, it's right when, after you see the giraffes. What? I'm trying to think of what boss is in there. Like it's, I remember it's the not area, a boss. It's not a boss Jared necessarily. Was drunk. <laughs> it's it's just there are three there are a ton of like the big bloater infected Ugh. ones. And the, Oh yeah, okay. And then it's just it's just and then clickers, normal infected. It's just this whole room basically that's just Yeah, like that room is kind of a boss in itself. That's what I that's what I mean. Really tough. That's what I mean, is that room is you go in there and it, it wipes out everything you have. You craft and use every scrap of salvage that you have. You use every bullet. You use every arrow. It is so hard. Hmm. I like and I've that. heard people. I've been seeing on the subreddit of I've been wanting to still wanting to go back and replay that one and play it on a harder difficulty than what I did. And I've been seeing people like apparently going through that on grounded. The like hardest mode or grounded plus yeah. is just insane. Grounded is like borderline unfair. Like this is kind of <laughs> off topic for a boss episode, but. I played that on the remastered version, and yeah. like it just kind of felt inconsistent. Like I would do the exact same thing twice in a row, and one time I'd get through just fine. The other time I'd get caught, and it was kind of like, hmm. "What?" That's weird. Yeah, I need to. I need to. I need to go play through on that one because I want to try out those harder difficulties. But that one area I remember especially. I just yeah. you get through it, and you're like, "I really hope there's nothing like this is the end of the level because I'm fucked if it's not. If there's so more, fucked. And there are absolutely those moments in boss battles, like especially in JRPGs, where they cut to like a cutscene kind of, mm-hmm. and you think the fu- battle is over, and you're like, else. "Oh, thank God, I was out of potions, revives, right. wins right. all of it," and then they're like. <laughs> Just getting sucker, bitch, you thought. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's the next squad. And you're like, no. And you have nothing, and you die. And then you have to start all over through the unskippable cutscene at the beginning. Oh, my God. I hate that. crazy. That is my one beef with boss fights, is you have to rewatch the same damn cutscene. Back in the olden days, they were not skippable. Right. Now they are. Now they are. You go through and and skip through. But I'm just like, but that is the bane of my existence when I do have a hard boss. I'm like, what? Man. Oh my god. Ursula <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts yeah, King, 1. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts was oh. a really bad like perpetrator of that. Like, I remember one I had to watch terrible. a bajillion and twelve times in the first Kingdom Hearts game was it was one of the Riku boss fights because he winds oh. up like being evil for a while. Yeah. And I think it's like it's in the last level of the game. It's like in Hollow Bastion or whatever, and my God, I had to hear the same rant about hearts and friendship. <laughs> it was horrible. And I just like mash start, like maybe it'll skip this time. It never did. But that was like the best trying. thing about the, uh, the Kingdom Hearts like, you're 1. So 1. Desperate. HD remix. They added skip cutscene. Nice. Best thing in the game. <laughs> best thing in the game. Best totally worth, totally worth the repurchase. <laughs> worth the repurchase. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Do we have enough time? Yeah, there's one more just facet of certain types of boss battles, especially in JRPGs, maybe a little bit in Titanfall. I'm not quite sure. That is a fantastic thing. I think in particular that Final Fantasy 
really excels at is in Final Fantasy, you may or may not know, one of the primary game battle mechanics is one of your characters will be able to summon like these deities, borderline deities, or like these gods or something, and they are like your mega arsenal. And one of the best things about, in particular, Final Fantasy X had some fantastic aeons. So those were your summons. And yeah, because could... like in Final Fantasy X, they changed it up a bit. Because in previous games, your summon was just like a one-move yeah. thing. Like you would summon like Bahamut or whatever, and it would just blow stuff up and then leave. Yeah. But in ten, you can summon, and it's like a whole separate character. Yeah. So like you, you summon Bahamut yeah. in ten, and then he has his own like menu of like attack, explode, uh, item, whatever, and like he just does his own thing, and so it gives you a, a lot more staying power in boss fights especially and what's really interesting about that is uh for many of them the way that you would get these aeons you would have to fight them what's the one in particular what is seymour's oh what is his Ooh, that's the best one yeah Anima. yeah yeah, so yeah. what is, is like that one called crazy because so anima Seymour's like yeah Oh, Anima was a fantastic Aeon battle. That was a crazy one. Yeah, because one. like you fight Seymour because it turns out he's the bad guy. This is like a quarter of the way what through the game. What a surprise! So it's not super the spoilery. huge creeper was the bad guy. And he's all like, guy. "Check out this cool Aeon I have," and it's just this giant like it, it's hard to even describe. It's like this brown giant like monstrous creature with its arms chained up yeah. in front of itself, <laughs> and <laughs> is all like moving around all crazy. <laughs> it has like really sharp teeth, and it's chained yeah. up. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, that At certain points, terrifying. you actually go beneath kind of the ground, and there's more of it. It's actually a second half with another yeah, head. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to describe. Things it's hard. nightmares right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What Anima is like it? a living nightmare. Anima? Anima. Look, look at it. Oh, yeah. We should look at it. Yeah, we got these phones. We got these little Man, computers in our hands. We can internet. look at stuff. God. And so Anima is a really good example of, A, a battle in and of itself. Anima is a boss. You have to fight it, and it's freaking hard. Mm -hmm. And B, once you finish the battle, you get Anima in your team. Well, well you can. not in that case, actually. Like, there are a bunch of Aeons that are like that, but actually... I thought you could get Anima. You can, but not that way. You have to, to actually get Anima, you have to do with this whole oh, side quest. Oh, that's uh, right. So in the game, there's all these cloisters of trials, which is like this big yeah, puzzle room yeah, yeah, before you get right. each uh, Aeon. Oh, that's just and, the top half. Yeah, so like in, in the games, you have to like oh. do every puzzle like 100%, and then you get Anima. That's you have to do this right. whole extra I side quest. About that. It's kind of difficult, though. but... I guess I was confusing it because Anima is like kind of mixed into Seymour's whole backstory. Yeah, he, he is a boss fight, and you yeah. can get him, but it's not in that order. But I love that entire mechanic, like the that that you would fight something that is so difficult, and then eventually it joins you, and you're just like, yes, yeah, yeah. Cool. finally, sure, sure. I mean, like real quick, that's like in you know, it's really not. Uh, I feel like a lesser, not a lesser game, but like a sort of lesser idea. But it's in Skyrim too, like the dragons. You can, oh you yeah, can, that counts. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. That counts. Yeah, your little flying lizard friends. They're an enemy, and then you beat you 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 capture one. Which is actually what I'm doing right now. Ooh. That's actually a really great scene. You capturing this dragon in this uh, castle. It has yeah. this huge opening in the back, and you like chain it up and everything, and then you get to like ride it around. Nice. Yeah, that's badass. That's pretty sweet, though. How Duvine? Sorry, that's the uh, Fustura. Wait, no, <laughs> that's the Thum that you say in order oh. to summon him out of the sky. That's, that's a... his name, Al Duvine. So oh, you go, that's Al Duvine. <laughs> And he's like, nerd. Oh, damn it. He's like, I gotta go carry this dude. Yeah, I love it. Oh, I'm such a nerd when it comes to my thum. Feel the power of my thum. I, I want to tell strangers. Oh, man. That they was would good. punch you in I the know, face. I know. That's why it's so funny. 
<laughs> dumb kid. <laughs> so, um, do you want to go ahead and get do a moment with Mogan? Or did oh, you... yeah. I guess I had one. You have one? Okay. We can kind of close it out after this, moment I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Sorry. quick quick update. <laughs> Building off of... Yeah, I'm going to smack you one. <laughs> Building off of last moment with Mogan. You remember I mentioned that Xbox One, December, posted their best sales oh, pretty yeah. much ever. Yep. Newsflash, PS4 totally beat Xbox One for what? the month of December 2016. Point for PS4. Point for PS4. Was that for a whole year? No, that wasn't for the whole no. year, but for the month, for the of, month December. of December. I thought you said so it was beating everybody. It, it was. Oh. So Xbox One was on a streak, and then PS4 came oh, back. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. oh, so it's about even again. Yes, okay, I'm not sure yeah. what yeah, the PS4 actual... still on top. Yeah, but it's yeah. still, 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 still better. better. We got Google that one. Still better. Actually, a lot of the games on the list of most sold, like just sheer sales, yeah. were from Xbox. Yeah, makes like They may have sense. been also for PS4, but it didn't right. like, list out yeah. which one for which. And then just some other random news. In case you missed it, uh, pre-orders for the Switch itself, the Nintendo Switch, Breath of the Wild Special Edition, and Breath of the Wild Master Edition are all sold out already. Wow! So, so you're having to hunt for that Switch, then, aren't you? To hunt oh, for you that didn't. You Switch. didn't. I thought, I thought you would have been like. Yeah, night I thought you would have been on it. On I top ha- of it, I had it. They canceled it. What? They, it was oh. one of those things where they oversold it. See, I was worried. Uh, they you, had to go back and when you said today it. that you finally got Breath of the Wild for from yeah, Toys R Us. I double checked. I double checked well, because. We we uh, Sam and I bought the your any the your NES, NES classic. classic from Toys R Us yeah. and the same thing happened. Well, what actually happened with that then we was got one from Amazon, all so of all the other now. big uh, the other big retailers Best Buy, Walmart, Target, and GameStop they actually launched their Breath of the Wild pre sales earlier. Oh, Toys R Us didn't. Toys R Us opened theirs just this morning. And oh, wow. I was checking religiously <laughs> because I knew they Just hadn't done finger it yet. On that I was like, button. I know they haven't done it yet. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming soon. Because like they had it on their website. They were like, Breath of the Wild, coming soon. And I was like, I'm on to you guys. <laughs> I'm on to you. And then they opened this morning and like shaking hands at the keyboard, typing in my information, and I got it. Nice. And then about two hours later, they were like sold out. And I was like, score. So what did you actually so get? The con- I got the special edition. So oh, she doesn't I, have I the console. Have you don't have the Switch. Con- okay, 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 I still okay, don't okay. have the Switch. I'm getting the edition game. Of, no, all right. Well, so now it's like, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but really, that was the thing that I wanted more than the actual console itself. You'll get so the, yeah, yeah, you'll right, get the console. Get the console when you get yeah, it. I want, I want the collector's edition game. Surely they'll restock before launch. I, I, I feel like they probably will. Nintendo. Restock before yeah. launch. Well, they said um, Nintendo Sincerely North America came out with a statement. They were like, oh, don't worry. We've got two million units planned for the initial launch, oh, okay. which is a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be fine, but fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and then um, just a couple. Oh, they are already more Nintendo news. There are already rumors per Eiji Aonuma, one of the Nintendo big bads, that there will be another Legend of Zelda for the Switch. Maybe down oh, the line. They're not sure. But See I, how well Breath of the Wild does? Yeah. Well, I feel like Didn't it would Wii be... Didn't the Wii have two? No. Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword? No, well, Kinda. Twilight Princess was a bridge. Oh, okay. So Skyward Sword was its own thing. But then again, Breath of the Wild is it's technically a bridge. A bridge. Yeah. So, there good point. Go. But Too also shit. the last game for the Wii U. I know. Womp, womp, womp. Oh, <laughs> poor Wii U. R.I.P. Wii U. Rest in peace. Thoughts and prayers <laughs> are with you. Yeah, 
And then um, in case anybody for Xbox needed news, it was hard to find. Gosh, there's so little out there. (laughs) (laughs) Point for PS4. Point for PS4. Come on, you're making stuff up. I gather that this is a game people like, uh, Path of Exile, which is apparently a Diablo-style action RPG, uh, which was previously just for PC, is now coming to Xbox One. So I guess people are jazzed about that, and it's still apparently going to be free-to-play. So it's kind oh. of like a Diablo-esque free-to-play game. They do cool. have microtransactions, but I was doing more research on it, and apparently it's kind of a shining example of like microtransactions done really well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because okay. it's only like the, the optional add-ons of like uh. vanity items more or less. So it's like, well, you can pay for these, but you're, it's just like to look cool. And uh-huh. it's like, good, that's the stuff I will pay for. <laughs> right. I do that in real life. And then the other important stuff, out today on January 4th in the future, Resident Evil 7. 4th, yes. 24th, is that what I said? I thought I thought you just said the fourth. No, yeah. sorry, Okay, January twenty <laughs> fourth, like, yeah. Resident Evil Seven for PS Four, Xbox One, I and will probably PC. Get that. Yakuza Zero for PS Four. Missed that one last time. My bad. Tales of Basaria is now out for PS Four and PC, and then coming soon we have Disgaea Two for PC, January thirtieth. Memoranda, an interesting looking indie game based on the short stories of Haruki Murakami. Hmm. Books are for chumps, but this but? is a game based so, off a book, so it's so going to be fun. It's going to be pass. So that's going to be for PC, Mac, and Linux, and you can get it through Steam January 25th. And then Conan Exiles for PC coming January 31st. There you have it. There you have it. Moment with Mogan, everybody. Andrew, you have to applaud. I am. He's doing it. There's just a delay. Slight delay. He wasn't doing it loud enough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Now I can hear it. So if it's all right, like before we close out, yeah, I ramble on about one more boss. Go for okay, it. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. Yeah. And also, while I'm thinking about it, I, um, I actually noticed this earlier, but I just kept forgetting to say it. I think my mic, you know, it being a cheap little $15 one, I think like whenever I start talking, it like makes it to where I can't hear anything you guys are saying. So I think I've been interrupting you all this entire time. So sorry about no, that. No, you no, haven't no, no. been. No, you're you good. Oh, okay, good. Mo- model okay. guest. But either way, whenever I talk, I still can't hear you guys at all. So, <laughs> so <laughs> FYI. <laughs> anyway, um, so I was going to mention like one of the best types of bosses I think are the ones that like just totally reinforce what the game is about, like at its core. And the example I'm thinking of in particular is actually from Dark Souls Two, which is like the black sheep of the Dark Souls family because it wasn't directed by. I think his name is Hidetaki Miyazaki. It was the one game that he didn't direct, so a lot of people just hate it. But the DLC for that game is phenomenal, like 20 out of 10, super good. And so there were three chapters of DLC. There was the Crown of the Sunken King, Crown of the Iron King, and Crown of the Ivory King. And the whole goal is to collect these crowns, and you bring them to this place, and it lifts the curse on you. Wee! <laughs> and so in the Ivory King, there is, you know, it's not the hardest Dark Souls boss, but I think it's like the best designed, in my opinion. Because what happens is, so you go to this place called Frozen Aleum Lois. It's just like a big winter wonderland, frozen, snowy castle. And I'm already a total sucker for snowy castles, so I immediately Sounds love magical. this place. Zach loves Twilight, the snow I, levels, I too. In, I yeah. do love snow levels in Halo and Twilight Princess when you go up to yeah. the cabin. Oh, Snow Peak. So I was snow, listening to that soundtrack yeah, that's today. Great. It's great. Oh, and, it's, and it's just one of the darker sort of like, turns yes. in the game. Which Literally, because it's snowing. Can't see the sky. Mm. <laughs> it's yeah. fantastic. So anyway, you, you walk up to this frozen castle, and like the doors burst open, and a, this like icy wind comes out, and you hear this disembodied voice. It's all like, turn back. This place has been corrupted by the abyss, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, <laughs> So you just go charging on in, as you do in Dark Souls. And it's really cool, because they give you two main branches right at the start. If you go left, there are two boss fights, and you're done with the DLC. 
two boss fights and you have the crown. Bam, bam, shabam, you can leave. But they're impossibly hard if you don't first go to the right. So to the right is like the entire rest of the DLC, and that like branches out and all this other crazy stuff. So if you go left, just right off the bat, you'll see a fog wall, and you're like, ooh, boss time. The first boss is the king's pet. So this is you know a castle. It's its whole own kingdom. And the whole point is this kingdom was corrupted by the abyss, and you're trying to fix it or whatever. And so you fight the king's pet. But it's invisible. You can't oh. see it. Hmm. Yeah, there's like all this blizzard stuff going around, and it's invisible, so you can only see its footprints. And like sometimes it has its move roll is like summon all these ice crystals and try and shoot them at you, so oh. you can see that. But otherwise, what you have to do is you have to go again to the right path at the very beginning and like go through all this crap. And then you find this item called like the eye of something or the something eye, something something about an eye. And then you can see the the pet and you can kill it. Then you get to the second boss, which you walk in this big room. And you meet the disembodied voice. Turns out it's the queen of the kingdom. Her name is Alsana. And she's all like, maybe you can save our kingdom. And you're like, duh. And so <laughs> That's why I'm here. Then you, can, yeah, you can go down these stairs. And what you see is this big like circular pit that just goes straight down. And around this pit, there are four chairs. Three of them are empty. One of them has a knight sitting there. And in front of the, the pit, there's a little fog wall. So you can tell, like, okay, this is going to be another boss. So if you go up to the fog wall, the one knight like stands up. And, like, gets to the edge of the pit, and you're like, is he about to follow me in? Turns out he does. So what happens is you go through this fog wall, you plunge down this giant pit, and you go from snowy winter wonderland to this big lava pit. And you're just on this little circular platform with, like, these two bridges coming off of it. But the bridges both kind of cut off into nothing, so they don't really do much. And so on the four corners of this circle now, there are, I guess there's, there's three of them. There are these three portals. And out of these portals come these big black knights that just start trying to kill you and your one little buddy. And so the whole like lore thing, if you actually read into it, is like these knights followed the king into the abyss and they all got corrupted. So they're evil black knights and there's like a bajillion and four of them. And what happens is, if you go in there with one, I've actually never gone in there with just the one knight because that is the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> turn, the, um, the knights are supposed to plug up these portals. So... Again, I'm kind of just guessing here, but I think if you only go in with one knight, he'll only plug up one portal. The two other portals keep going, and then, you know, there's the whole, you know, boss fight that hasn't started yet. This is all just like a prequel to the boss. And what happens is on, like, one of those bridges off the circular platform, this giant, like, fiery door of death pops up and opens up, and you see this giant health bar appear at the bottom of the screen. It's just like, the burned ivory king. (laughs) And so he's just like this corrupted, just gross looking. I actually don't remember what he looks like that much, but you know, he, he's the king of that, that kingdom and he's just all like, Bleh, and he's just like trying to kill you with his sword <laughs> and whatever. And so again, I've never fought just him in the one night. So turns out the whole thing I was trying to get at with like how this reinforces the game is it's like, you know, they'll let you do the dumb thing, but if you do the smart thing, you're way better off. And you know, the, the whole thing about Dark Souls is like, you have to look for so the lore and the story of the game. Like you have to look in that game to really understand it. Right. In Frozen Lamb Lois, you have to look around and explore the entire thing. And remember how I said there were four chairs around that uh, that pit and there's only one knight? The three other knights are all imprisoned in the kingdom. And so you have to run around this whole place. And this is the DLC in Dark Souls 2 is insane hard. Like, even if you save it for the very end, it's still the hardest part of the game. And so you just have to fight your way through all this crazy, confusing place, find all three knights. Then you come back to the pit, and you have all four knights that are like, all right, let's do this. And you're like, yeah, it's so cool to just like walk through this fog pit, and these four knights just jump down with you like, let's go. <laughs> just fight 
across these waves and waves and waves of black knights, and it's even with the four knights, it's still really hard. Like that's the part I died to the most, honestly. Like I said, the the Ivory King himself isn't that hard. He's like kind of medium-ish tough, but the black knights are super hard because like some of them will chuck fire at you, and some will be just hitting you, and so three of your four knights will plug up those portals. You don't have to deal with them anymore. And then you and your one lone remaining knight are like, all right, let's beat up the Ivory King. <laughs> it's, it, that was my favorite part of like the entire Dark Souls 2 DLC, which overall is like the best and most difficult part of Dark Souls 2. I think when people like diss on Dark Souls 2, they should play the DLC before like talking shit, because that's the best part. <laughs> Bam! Talk shit, get hit. Nice, nice. That sounds like an awesome battle. It I, does, it I does. clearly did not get to that one ever. It incorporates a lot what the game is known for. I'm still so if, barely into first Dark Souls. Yeah, so if you buy Scholar of the First Sin, which I think it, it's like the updated version of Dark Souls 2, so I think that's also on... It's definitely on PS4. I would assume it's on Xbox One. Yeah. So that comes with all the DLC. So you just, like, find an item in the game that will let you warp to each of the three DLCs. And so, highly recommended. Super fun. I guess I can play Dark Souls. Yeah. Yeah. Point for yeah. Xbox. Point for <laughs> Xbox, sure. It's available. It's available. <laughs> Very nice. Well, yeah, uh, so I guess that pretty much wraps it up. So it's it's kind of funny now that we're actually talking about bosses. I actually am now remembering. Yeah, I know. More <laughs> came to memory. More, more Me too. came up. I was like, oh. Save it for part I two. I learned yeah. a lot from uh, Super Mario Galaxy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That was a lot of fun ones, ones too. Yeah. Like, you know, easy ones, but oh, nonetheless. Yeah. They're, but still, they're bo- still bosses. bosses. Like, yeah, I was, like, I was like, oh, Diablo 3. Borderlands. Duh, yeah, Diablo is you know? full of them. I know, right? Is it because I brought up Path of Exile, a Diablo-esque action no, RPG I thought of, I thought of coming okay. to Xbox I One? Of it, I thought of it before that, but I was, but, but, uh, but I was like, man, why, why did, what the hell didn't I talk about Diablo? But yeah, I'll save it for boss, Boss's Part this Part This is going to be a Part 2. two. Boss's Part Volume 2. Volume 2. But we, of course, would like to know, your favorite bosses or favorite type of boss battle that you've come into contact with throughout your gaming exploits. So send us an email at teamchatpodcast.gmail.com or send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, or comment below the YouTube video on YouTube. But before we go, we do have to do the song. Exciting. Bro, did you think of something? Yeah, I've got a spot early on. So as the winner of the episode, past episode... (laughs) I'm not going to try to keep that straight. 4011. Yeah, episode 49 or 50. I don't know. One of the last episodes. Andrew, you get to tell us the song and your hint. Or don't tell us the song. Just give us the Yeah, I wasn't going to spoil the whole thing. Okay, so the hint is, in the city of death, you can find an old friend. In the city so of death. So once more, in the city of death, you can find an old friend. And he thinks one of us has played this game. Or he will know what it is. Or will know I think so. Okay. In the city of I mean, I'll find out because he's got to send me the link. I so. already yeah. have an yeah. idea, but he said I might I not know ideas. it. I so I don't it know. It sounds familiar to me. Let me see if I can try to think of this, this one. This one feels like I could get. Yeah. Feels like it. Feels like it. But it's probably not. It doesn't. I hope it's not so generic that it applies to like 12 different games because. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't yeah, know what it is. Know. I got to yeah. hear it. Okay. I, need we'll to hear it. I need to hear it, to be <laughs> we'll honest. Yeah. I'm missing this. Yeah, that's right. We get to hear it. Yeah, we'll have to hear it and all that stuff. But. I guess that concludes this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. Adios. To my left is Zachary Parks. Bye-bye. And over the internet's Andrew Mogan. It was a pleasure having you on, finally. Thanks Thank for having you, me, guys. Sir. You're welcome. And stick around for the song. We'll see you all next time.